0: good
1: morning brianna it is 8 30 on a monday morning how are you today Well, Daniel, it's budget week. So naturally, I couldn't be better. Um, I couldn't be more jazzed to take on this week. But uh, no, in all seriousness, doing well, the sun is out, the snow is mostly gone in Ottawa. And I think we're entering what I call real spring after a bit of like fake there for a little bit where we got some warm weather a few weeks ago, and then some snow and it got cold again. But I'm optimistic that we're slowly entering actual spring. So spirits are high. How are you? I'm with you on that. I think we've finally entered
0: this point where we hopefully won't see any more snow, um, but I'm doing good. Like we said, it's we pre record this, so it's Monday. We have a full week ahead of us. We have, it's a budget week, so chaos is the word of the week. Uh, that will probably also be the word of the week, but that's probably later in the week, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But I'm very optimistic. It should be a fun time to see where our tax dollars are going this year.
1: Yeah, and we have a really fantastic guest on this week to give a bit of a primer to the budget um, just before it's released on Thursdays. So Daniel, would you like to introduce this week's guest? Definitely. I'm
0: I'm very excited to welcome uh, my colleague, Elliot Hughes to join us. Elliot is currently a senior advisor at Suma Strategy. Uh, He has a very interesting backstory in politics. Uh, He was previously the Director of Policy to the Minister of Defense, as well as the Deputy Director of Policy of Tax, For the former finance minister. He is also a very interesting background. He's worked in London. He's worked in Nutrition International, and he holds a degree from McGill University and a master's degree from Queen's. Uh, We won't hold this against him. He is from Toronto, but he's a Raptors fan, so it all balances out. And he has some very interesting thoughts on the budget as someone who's kind of been at the budget table before, helping draft the policy reviewing the document. And I think he has a lot of good things to say, so we'll hop right into it. Well, thank you very much, Elliot, for making the time to talk with us. I look forward to hearing what you have to say, especially around the budget with it just days away. And with that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in politics?
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on uh, Brianna and and Daniel. It's great to to be here uh, with with both of you. Uh, Yes, it is early, but that's okay. So currently, I'm a senior advisor at SUMA Strategies, where I provide strategic advice and guidance to a variety of clients from defense industry, the tech industry, even NGOs, uh, and and on from there, on how to achieve their policy, in some cases, procurement objectives. Uh, So that's what I do today. But if you wind back the clock, probably about 19 or 20 years, I had graduated from McGill and went to live in Paris for a year. And then I came back to Canada in the summer of 20 of 2003. And I was trying to figure out what to do with myself. And a friend of mine was connected to the Paul Martin leadership campaign. And I started volunteering uh, on that campaign in in the summer of 2003, late summer. Uh, Paul Martin eventually won that leadership. Uh, and I then started working from there at the Liberal Party of Canada office uh, in Toronto, so the, the, the Toronto office of the federal party, where I essentially ran um, nomination meetings, helped writing associations, uh, you know, fundraise, organise, and, and so on. And so that provided me with a great early perspective on the organisational side of the party. Um, how things worked at, at the at the nomination level meetings, uh, and getting that inside behind the scenes look, which I think has provided me with, you know, really useful insights onto the, the politics on the ground uh, behind national parties.
1: Amazing. And so as we, of course, said, the uh, budget is coming up this week. So in your, your former role as a uh, deputy director of policy tax, what was your role in creating the budget? What kind of insights can you give us as to what that looks like uh, from the inside?
2: Sure, so I was a small cog in a very big wheel uh, as uh, budgets um, tend to, to be. Um, you know the, my primary responsibility was tax issues, tax policy, and that actually covers quite a lot of ground you know um, cannabis like legalization, the carbon tax, um, you know the Canada child benefit. Um, it all a lot of it flows through the tax system, uh, and then there's a number of other pieces whether it was reducing taxes on middle class Canadians, what was increasing taxes on you know the wealthier Canadians, and you can go down the list. And there's tons and tons if you tons of pieces of, around tax in the budget. If, if you want some really good reading next Thursday, you flip to the back of the budget, and there's um, you know, usually another additional sort of 150 pages of, of tax stuff that is just sort of tucked away. Um, and a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the action, I'd like to think, happens in those back few pages. Um, so essentially, my role in the lead up to budgets was to engage with depart- departments and minister's office uh, on behalf of finance, whether that's, you know, at four corner meetings or one-on-one or, you know, Sunday sessions where you kind of chalk it up and, um, and, and talk it out. And then work very closely and at times robustly with the Prime Minister's office on debating um, where to go, what direction we should be focused on. And then eventually providing my political advice to, to then Finance Minister Bill Mordo as we go through you know, the various number of items, um, decision points for a budget. Um, Usually around a budget, there's what, two to 300 different items that need to be decided on. And then on top of that, there are a number of other ones that um, either sort of you have to kick around at least uh, before you make a full decision on them. So and tax always had a lot. Um, and so it was, you know, the you, um, folks who are listening or, you know, you, you two might know that, you know, this budget process this is the big binders that would land on your desk which would be full of what the finance department calls two pagers which are not two pages long um, and are much much longer than that so you would go through that uh, incorporate the the discussions that you're having with other offices think about external stakeholders working with the department of finance working with your colleagues trying to figure it all out into into that story that that you know eventually comes out in the budget so in a nutshell, that was really what we did, um, and and I think to some success and to some failures.
0: With that experience, what are you expecting to be in the major themes of this coming budget? Mm,
2: I think the government has you know, four big buckets that I probably ex- would expect them to focus on. One is they're gonna have to do something on the inflation question and the cost of living question. This is becoming a real, challenge for many Canadians everyone is experiencing it in some way shape or form some worse than others the opposition is clearly focused on this uh, whether that's the conservative leadership or the NDP and so expect to see the government do what they can in this space it's quite challenging because a lot of the a uh, lot of the impacts are are because of what's going on internationally but there are certainly some things that they can do I think they're going to try and you know, on this in this bucket, try to do something on housing as their play. I think the prime minister has spoken about housing. There was some housing pieces in that agreement between the Liberals and the NDP. So I would expect some down payments on that. I don't know if that's going to be enough to convince people that the government is doing a lot on cost of living and inflation, but that's that's going to be where they they focus on. I think it polls quite well. Um, you know, the green transition, and the environment, we saw the big announcement yesterday, uh, last week, the uh, emissions reduction plan, nine point two or something like that billion in new money, new investment. Uh, I expect to see see more on that and, and helping companies uh, as they um, try to transition into you know a greener economy. The big one that I'd be interested in, just because of my role at uh, where I was previously, and just because it's interesting going on these days, is defense spending and uh, security and how the the government responds to ukraine i don't suspect the government's going to meet the two percent nato target that was set and that some people may call it slightly arbitrary um, but i do suspect that they will invest heavily um, in norad modernization uh, and and make that continental play um, you know the 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 play against russia so to speak and and continue to invest in nato but I think the NORAD modernization piece is something that they've been thinking about and talking about with their American counterparts for a while. Uh, I think some of that work is done. It's ready to go, It's extremely expensive. Uh, it will get you closer to 2%. It won't get them to 2%, um, but I suspect you'll see some space in that or some investments there. And then the final piece would be Indigenous reconciliation. This is the prime minister's, um, um, I would say, uh, you know, biggest pe- legacy piece. It's the one he cares the most about. And in light of the Pope's historic apology last week um, and the PM's visit to uh, Williams Lake First Nation, I think you're going to continue to see investments uh, in efforts uh, for the gov- where the government can play and, and support um, communities uh, and Canadians um, in this process of, of healing and reconciliation. So those would be the four main ones that I, w- I think it'll be all it'll be interesting to see how wide they go and and if they crack 700 pages again or if they. they're back to basics budget actually in prep for this pod I went through some of the previous budgets and I think 2016 was like 290 pages or something like that, and I was like wow wouldn't that be amazing.
1: I agree. I'm running bets with lots of colleagues for what the page count will be, um, especially after last year. Um, but just to pick up on on one piece you mentioned um, in that response, Elliot, um, of course, with the Liberal and NDPs coming to an agreement in the last few weeks, um, how do you think that impacts this budget, especially given the timing of it, so so close? Um, and then, you know, how do you think that impacts uh, budgets in the future years to come as well?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's probably the most interesting piece coming out of this budget, frankly. I think we know Daniel can probably recite already what the Conservatives are gonna say about the budget and it hasn't even been tabled yet, which is just every time I'm just like, wow, like they read fast over there. Um, uh, You can can take a knock at me in a little bit, Daniel, when I'm finished. Um, So I think that the Liberal NDP agreement came a little too late in the process for us to be able to see Many of the pieces in there in the budget, I also think there's a lot of pieces that they put in the agreement that is going to take it's just going to take some time, whether it's dental and pharma. I think you're going to see some language and maybe some some initial investments in dental um, and continuation on the pharma piece, but uh, to, to, at the speed or to the speed at which the NDP would like it to be to be done, probably not. So hopefully they've been, you know that that no surprises clause. In the agreement has hopefully been 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 used in this case, uh, and that they don't feel as though they're they're you know getting hoodwinked into into a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm really interested to watch how the NDP criticizes the the government. Um, you know, I think you know the the obvious one is going to be well, you're not making investments quickly enough. I wonder if they say. This is a good or instead, if they say, which would I would think is a bit more of a nuanced and perhaps more power play position, which is we're really disappointed. And the government made an agreement to Canadians and said that they were going to make progress in X, Y and Z and one, two, three issues. And we really haven't seen that. And if they're serious about this agreement as much as as much as we are, then we better see some movement on stuff really quickly. And I think that tone would maybe represent a continuation of what I think is a maturity of the NDP by coming to an agreement with the liberals. So whether that happens will be interesting and and will be some of the things that I watch and then finally, for future budgets, just quickly, I think the impacts will be uh, very real. they will be costly, and they're going to be um, not easy to achieve. Um, all of the things just because you put it on a piece of paper, it, everything is hard in government. Nothing is easy, nothing is easy. So everything is gonna to be tough to come, to come to ground on. And then the other piece here is, as time goes on, personnel potentially changes. People who are at the table making the deal move on or change roles. Is that same sense of you know, working togetherness going to be there in years two and three Uh, so uh, I don't think it's it's smooth sailing by any stretch of the imagination Um, and so uh, it'll be interesting to watch not only this budget but but the ones to come for sure.
0: Now kind of diving back into previous budgets especially the ones that you worked on
2: is there any favorite memory or accomplishment that really stands out to you? Yeah, I thought budget 2017, as I say, when I was going back, was really good. I think there's two things in there. One was that was the first budget where the government introduced a GBA plus analysis. And that was, I think, you know, quite important. And I I think the government is still, you know, figuring out how to actually bring that to life in a more real way and have that have those impacts being measured and so on. So I think it's still a work in progress, and it's frustrating that it's been five years and it's still a work in progress, but they did it, uh, and, and we did it, and that's something I think that we should be proud of, and it's, it's something that I think is now you know, written in and just expected, and, and hopefully it's maintained by future governments. So I thought that was, that was really important, um, and, and it wasn't necessarily one that I worked on super closely. It's not necessarily a tax you know, file. I was part of the briefings when we were, when we were discussing it. Um, but it, I think it's an important marker. The same budget um, we introduced, and this was very much where I was focused, we introduced measures around tax planning and, and the use of private corporations, primarily by very wealthy individuals in Canada um, to you know, take advantage of the tax system, um, which was all legal. So there's, no, there's no, no, nothing nefarious about it, but it felt a little unequal perhaps. Um, and that ended up being a really big challenge for the government and for my then boss um, and finance minister, Bill Morneau. And you, know, you, you look back on things that you did well and that you're proud of, I think you also have to look back on, on areas that didn't probably go to plan uh, and think about you know, whether you would do that again, how you would handle it differently, what you learned, uh, what you took away from the experience, uh, and so, while it wasn't, I would say, you know the proudest piece of legislation that I ever got behind and 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 supported and worked on, I think it was probably one of the most instructive and has benefited me in 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 many ways. And what's great is it's still brought up to me today when I talk to people and and people still give me heck for it. So yeah, so that the twenty seventeen budget was 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 an interesting one. And as I said, it was like, you know, this, the pre-times, and it uh, you kind of read back, and it's like, oh, these are, these are our concerns now, and they feel so small compared to today's concerns.
1: Yeah, true. Such a different world in 2022 than it was in 2017. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and so as you may know, Elliot, a lot of our audience uh, with this podcast is really geared towards younger folks that are interested and or working in politics. Um, so what advice would you have for a young person entering politics who maybe lands in a policy shop and ends up working as part of the budget process or is really, really keen to, to do that kind of work?
2: Yeah, well, the, I thought about this because uh, you kindly sent me uh, something, some of the questions to think about, which was very helpful because I probably wouldn't be able to think about it off the top of my head. So. Um, Thank you for that. But I I would say three things. One is work very hard. And uh, I don't think this can be underestimated. You know, coming in earlier than your boss, your colleagues are there and leaving later, um, asking to read briefing notes that may not be your files, um, helping colleagues that need a hand. You know, if you just work hard, that's gonna go a really long way. And if you, and if you show dedication, people are gonna notice. And, and so I can't underestimate that. It, people are oh, well, it's a given. Well, well, it's not always a given. You know, you, you, should, you should just always remember that, that hard work is gonna pay off. The second thing I would say is be nice to people because um, you're always in politics, particularly in Canadian politics is quite small. You are going to run into people around the way back in a couple years, in 20 years, in five years, whatever it is, you're going to bump into them again in some way, shape or form. And they're going to remember if you were not nice to them, uh, just like you would remember if someone wasn't nice to you. So be nice to people. It pays off in the long term and it's, and it, and it's worth it. And then the last thing I would say is, is pay it forward. I, you know, I was very fortunate in a lot of um, uh, my time in politics and elsewhere for, for people, you know, believing in me and taking a chance and and you know allowing me to you know take on opportunities and and I've tried my best anytime someone has come to me or asked for advice or that I could help them in any way to re- repay that due. Because um, you know, I, I I feel I feel strongly that things come back around, just as I was saying on the work hard piece and being nice piece. I think the same thing, um, you know, goes for helping people when they need it. And the reality is, is, you know, you never know who's going to get promoted uh, to a position much more senior than you at some point, um, younger, older, whatever the case is. Um, so, you know, take that ego out of the question and, and help wherever you can. Uh, so I would say those, those three things. I mean, I, don't, I can't swear on this podcast, but it's like, don't be a, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the rule. And I think
0: that's a good rule to live by, not just in politics, but outside of politics as well. And this leads us into our, sadly, our last question, but also one of our favorite questions on the podcast
2: is, what is your favorite spot in Ottawa? So this is the question I probably prepared for the most, I think. Um, the, uh, my favorite spot in Ottawa is a restaurant called Supply and Demand, which is uh, in Wellington, West Wellington Village on Wellington Avenue or Wellington Street. Um, near my house uh, and you know the consistency of the food is just incredible the cocktails and wine are always like the recommendations are great and then the staff and service is always impeccable friendly um, hard to get a table these days i think a lot of people are looking to get out um, and, and book some some dinners but if you can highly recommend it um, it's it's fantastic it's got a raw bar and oysters and all sorts of yummy stuff and pasta and it's really good. So that would be my uh, supply and demand. That's my that's my recommendation.
0: All right, it has your endorsements. We'll have to go check it out sometime. Thank you all very much for making the time with us this morning. And I hope you have a great day.
2: You too. Thanks. You? Thanks everybody.
1: Well, Daniel, I really enjoyed that conversation with Elliot. I think he had some really interesting insights from how budgets are really made from the inside, which I found really fascinating, as well as just a bit of a primer on some of those themes um, that I think I would agree with him, those four buckets that he described, I I do think will be really top of mind um, as we head into the budget on Thursday, as well as I'm sure there'll be a number of other pieces. um, But I think in terms of top line priorities, those are some of um, the good expectations we can we can see coming out of Thursday what do you think I would agree with that I think his insight into
0: the budget process was very valuable plus I think his advice in general about how to be involved and how to be successful in politics was very thoughtful and I think something we should all take to heart and again I think at the end of the day not being a jerk is just a good advice in life in general so if you take that away from this episode I think you are going down the right path
1: a hundred percent, and I think we ask, uh, I've noticed we ask every guest kind of that uh, version of that question, and, and that's a really common theme, right, is, you know, people have said it in different ways, but politics really is a team sport. Um, And and whether that's across the aisle or within your own parties, I think having that perspective and demeanor um, when you enter into politics is only gonna continue to serve you well, no matter where you go and what you do, Um, as we've learned both on the hill, off the hill, et cetera. So um, I think that that is an excellent piece of advice as well as we head into the budget because we know that um that can spark some differences and spark some debates as I'm sure it will but um hopefully very healthy debate and um I I look forward to it I um I will have lots of coffee on Thursday I'm sure uh, and I will be very hyped up but uh, it'll be a good week I'm looking forward to it
0: I would expect nothing less from you Brianna I think it's going to be a very exciting time for all political nerds There'll be coffee in the morning and probably a few more drinks in the afternoon and probably evening, uh, depending on how things go. So it'll, it'll be a good time for all.
1: Amazing. And Daniel, I have a very important question for you to end us off. How many pages do you think the budget will be? Uh, I'm going 400. What about you? Okay, I think I'm going somewhere in the 500 range. Okay. Price
0: is right so, rules. So if it's we'll see. Ever, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll see whoever who wins. wins buys the next round of beers. So that, that, <laughs> that works for me. I look forward to it either way.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Have a great week. You too.